welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. And I'm Mark. And today we're talking about the prodigal explorer, not son, Ezreal. <laughs> he was released March 16th, 2010. Basically, he's been here the whole freaking time. He's an early boy. Yeah. yeah. So I guess just right out the gate, <laughs> can we all agree that they probably didn't mean prodigal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually went and looked up the meaning because I was like, I, I, I think I know what prodigal means. It's not what I thought it meant, I guess. And yeah, it's weird. They they clearly threw in a bit of lore in his new story that was like, oh, and he buys a bunch of stuff and makes his uncle pay for it, which was not part of his original lore at all. <laughs> that was definitely just thrown in to retroactively justify the decision. Uh, because, yeah, we're at, back at the Akali lore, too, she had a point where she was described as a prodigal martial artist, too. So it seemed like when the original lore was written, there may have just been confusion as to what this word meant. I mean, I, yeah, I thought it meant prodigy as well. Like, like, that's what it meant. But no, the actual definition is spending money or resources freely and recklessly, wastefully extravagant, which Ezreal is now, but I guess he wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, we'll give it to him now. They've written, <laughs> they've written it in now to make it make sense. It's got a good ring to it, I think, is the thing. Like, I, I had kind of a sense from the the biblical allegory, but it's like, yeah, yeah, sure, that kind of fits, and it doesn't, it doesn't really, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> uh, despite being around for over a decade, Ezreal doesn't have too much on the universe page. He has a bio and three short stories. They do, however, make up for it in the AUs. Yeah, and and. To be fair, compared to like some of the other champions yeah. like Anivia, he's got a lot on the it's universe true. page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, there's plenty on the universe page. You really get a sense of who Ezreal is and his voice and whatnot. I think yes. they do a really good job right off the bat. I'll say that um, better than so many others. But yeah, despite there actually being multiple writers for his stories mm. i think they all for the most part like nail his voice yes i did make that note because the same writer wrote the first two short stories and then we get a different writer for the third one but she was still able to capture the voice yeah, yeah. well i mean he's got a strong personality this is definitely one of the, <laughs> this might be the first instance i could be wrong i'm sure there's one that we've done so far where they had a really strong personality and right finally kind of Cut wise. I was like, oh, yeah, here, we'll give you some POV <laughs> stories and we'll communicate that character. It's like, awesome. Yeah. That's all we wanted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Mundo is one of the only others yeah. that I can think of. But we didn't get that with um, Braum, which we really wanted. We can all complain about that forever <laughs> that we don't have a Braum point of view story. He's a great example. Draven was kind of another one. Oh, Dra- yeah. how do you not have a point of view from Draven? Draven would be so mad. <laughs> That there isn't a story from his point of view. He would be. <laughs> WWDD. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess I'll jump into his bio because John has 10 pages of notes. Yeah. So I cannot believe all, all y'all. There's no way that Rebecca does our editing. There's no way she's going to let me leave in whatever 10 pages of notes ends up being. So I just want you all to show some appreciation for Rebecca and the task that she has ahead of her. Thank you. He told me that he had 10 pages of notes earlier today. And I was like, John, I love what you contribute to the podcast. But I need you to understand that everything you say, I have to listen to twice. (laughs) So please... Please, thank you. But that was very nice of you to say, Mark. But it's get to. I mean, uh, 
it has to (laughs) but um yeah so we'll see how much he can limit down we'll see i'll do my best i'm curious at what point (laughs) like how much episode will be left once you start getting into the eight use but to go into the bio, uh, Ezreal was born to a couple of wealthy Piltover archaeologists. His parents are often away, so he's mainly raised by his uncle, Lymir. Lemire? Does anyone know? I assume Lymir because it used to be light. Light? Mm. Yeah, L-Y-T-E. Oh, they changed his name. Yeah. That's weird. Well, that, there's a rider named Light. Yeah. So oh. Oh. <laughs> I think they've moved away from... <laughs> <laughs> naming characters after writers. That's smart. Because... <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, Ezreal's kind of like a... I don't know, a shitty kid, I guess. He's a bit rowdy. So his uncle tries to tame him with very rigorous studies, but Ezreal is just way too smart and passes everything instantly and then goes off to be a little shit elsewhere. <laughs> uh, whenever his parents do come back, they tell him about their travels, which excites him very much, and like future expeditions they want to go on including finding the tomb of nazuk i was thinking nazuk nazuk does that sound right sure yeah oh mark i was hoping you'd give us your flourish your nice little (laughs) (laughs) no those both uh those both sound exactly like what it sounded like in my head sure we'll go with nazuk is that what you said nazuk nazuk (laughs) the suck (laughs) Uh, it's a Shuri. Oh, oh, that's a tomb of a Shuriman tyrant who could teleport, I guess. So I wonder what's going to happen to Israel. <laughs> Quick side note. Uh huh. Nizuk is the one who created Malphite. What? Yeah, that's Malphite neat. was created? Fun fact. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we'll need to keep an eye out for that guy when we get to Malphite. Yeah, there's a couple of names dropped in, in Ezreal's lore that I was like, hmm, I wonder if this person <laughs> is relevant. Uh, anyway, one day Ezreal's parents don't come back. His uncle says that they're probably dead, but Ezreal doesn't believe this because they were just way too careful and good at their jobs. So he gathers a bunch of supplies and leaves with his mother's field notes. He manages to find the tomb, so he must be very good at this, much better than his shitty parents. <laughs> <laughs> and there he finds a bronze gauntlet. He takes it and it awakens the tomb and he becomes, you know, Ezreal. <laughs> Ezreal believes that his parents are still alive, so he starts exploring, kind of hoping to make a name for himself, so they'll come find him, which is the saddest thing. I really didn't think about how sad that was, but he's like, maybe they're just not impressed by me. (laughs) But surely if they're like, oh, our son's a great explorer, they'll come home. If only I were more prodigious. (laughs) (laughs) If only I was more prodigal. (laughs) And that's his bio. Yeah. I think think maybe the reason that you forgot about how tragic that is is because i feel like they dropped that entire line of thinking in every other piece of lore right it's like fuck it he's just self self self-assured there is a handful of other things in here that i also feel like they drop in all of his other lore yeah i know i put a quick quote here when he first gets his gauntlet with scarcely a thought he donned the gauntlet and blasted his way through even teleporting the last hundred yards Back to the hidden entrance before the whole structure collapsed in a plume of sand and masonry dust. Now, we will at several points in his future stories and cinematics see that he is completely incapable of teleporting hundreds of yards. (laughs) If anything, he's got like a 15-foot gap on where he can teleport. In fact, in the warrior cinematic, 
if he could have teleported hundreds of yards, we wouldn't have even had that entire section (laughs) of the story. He would have made it out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they kind of try to explain it away sometimes that teleporting further away uses more energy, so it takes time to recharge. But yeah, it definitely is different in the stories. You play fast and loose with it. Yeah. Yeah. There is a location mentioned in the story, uh, Nashrame, and... I just kind of looked up a little bit about this because I was curious. The The information I could find is that it holds a yearly festival celebrating Ramus where thousands gather to roll and somersault around the city. Aww. <laughs> That's so cute. They're like Gorons. They're like little Gorons. <laughs> My only note after this was why aren't he and Echo BFFs? <laughs> Well, because we got they the cultural... seem so similar. Yeah, it's true. That would be very. It would be a really interesting. I don't know story though. The two of them, Ezra, will be kind of like a big brother type who doesn't quite understand. They do. What Echo has to go through. It is explored a lot in the the Pulse Fire AU. Is yeah. Their relationship. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I I assumed it was being at least one AU because they're very similar. They're young men. Or Echo's a boy, I wouldn't both say that he's a man. Yeah, considered. both geniuses. Mm-hmm. Exploring a lot, trying to help their parents <laughs> in some way. Honestly, it, I think it would be a great, that'd be a great story you could write, you know, because they've, and then you can you can kind of get into the Piltovers on kind of divide. Well, at the same time, they're yeah. so similar, right? Yeah. And Ezreal, they don't really, like, I don't know. I don't think we know how Ezreal feels about Zaun necessarily. I think he feels the same way about everything else, that he's interested in the history of it. <laughs> and what uh, mysteries might be there for him to uncover so he could become famous. Seems like he's not there that much. He's kind of just all over the fucking mm-hmm. place. So, you know, he yeah, he doesn't give a shit. No, for sure. But he definitely doesn't seem to have that, like, piltover, I don't know, snootiness about him, I guess. Well, I mean, he's kind of cocky. And, <laughs> I mean, and that's like, like kind oh, yeah, of, I mean, yeah. a shit ton. But yeah, he's that yeah, way yeah. About but he's everybody. not like. He's not like, I'm better than everyone because I'm a Piltover. He's like, I'm better than everyone because I'm smart and handsome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll give him that. <laughs> Did I call him yeah. a Piltover? <laughs> yeah. A Piltover. A Pilty. <laughs> Piltoven is what, in one of his quotes, Piltoven, he called it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like the detail of him getting a bunch of um, like rigorous study like um, assignments and stuff and just pe- like kind of passing it with no no effort like he's one of those kids that just never really needed to study because they were just kind of naturally talented um that's that's very Ezreal I guess yeah an asshole yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah but that was the bio I didn't know much about Ezreal to be honest somehow I think I knew that he was an explorer mostly because it's in his title and his skins that that one where he's uh spelunking (laughs) bow tie Ezreal yeah, but I still somehow wasn't surprised by anything, I guess. Except yeah. maybe that he's not an orphan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Well, I guess on. he might be. <laughs> and his parents were barely there. It's kind of sad. I get they're explorers, but Christ, you have a kid now. Settle down. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I think that, again, doing a story with him and Echo, you could you could start getting a little bit of... Because um, all of the Ezreal stories are kind of the same thing. They're fun. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. something that would give him a little bit more of like a, uh, some of the hu- human side, and that would be a good way to explore it. Because that's something they kind of share, right? Is that they really don't see their parents a lot. Obviously, Ezreal doesn't because they're fucking gone. Um, <laughs> but yeah. 
But even before that, he didn't see them much. But it would be interesting because, I, I mean, I don't know if Riot's planning to do anything with Ezreal's parents. I think they're kind of shitty, to be honest, his parents, uh, even before they disappeared. Whereas Echo's parents are wonderful. And mm. yeah, it would be interesting to see Ezreal maybe realizing that his parents weren't doing the best that they could. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know. Poor Uncle Lymir, <laughs> Lymir, mm. whatever his name is. He's got to deal with this mm-hmm. shit. That sucks. <laughs> Yeah. Now, yeah. in Ezreal's original lore, Ooh. Ezreal, the Gemini prodigy. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Ezreal proved almost immediately not only to have inherited his father's brilliance, but to have in fact surpassed it. One of his favorite toys was a bow and arrow that Zether had told him was a gift from his mother. At age 12, Ezreal found that he could harness magic to create a similar bow with his mind. When officials discovered evidence of his psionic capability, Ezreal was immediately separated from his father and specially trained to represent Demacia in the League of Legends. Oh, shit. Interesting. So, also, you know, also cool. No, it wasn't. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's a little more t- more dark. It is, and somehow less interesting to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And his yeah. mom's dead in that one. Oh, uh, of course she is. <laughs> so is that where that original picture that you showed us comes yes. from? Yes. There will be a picture posted along to the Twitter. <laughs> yes. I'm going to tweet out a picture of Ezreal's original art. Was it ever in the game or was it just a concept art? It was in the game files on oh, PBE. Oh, God. Like in the original server, but never. I don't think it ever actually made it to live looking like that. It was It was Thank like God. mined years later. Yeah, it was really Ooh. bad. He looks like Megamind. <laughs> he looks like Megamind. He does. He makes me think of like I hate a, it. Yeah, the head is really fucked. I mean, I guess some of that's because you normally have the top down. Some of his con- his um his con- early concept art made me think of like bootleg Harry Potter. Yeah, it was like blonde bootleg Potter. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so Explorer's Journey is the one we're talking about, and yeah, this is a series of journal entries of him descending down into the sump in Zon, uh, looking for something he called the Vault of Resplendent Holies. Apparently some crack got opened up in the sump, so he's going to go explore around. And it just kind of logs different entries um, across the various days where, you know, he's descending down and he eventually finds an ancient Shreeman door and blasts blasts it open and, you know, runs into like a stone guardian and blasts that away and manages to find a golden... <laughs> okay, so this is... The word he uses is, is steel, S-T-E-E-L-E. Yes. Do you all know mm. what... That is that is that would y'all know what that word means? I did look it up afterwards. What is it? It was it's it's like a it's I mean, in all the pictures I found, it was actually a pretty big um uh almost kind of like tablet type thing, but all the pictures seemed like much too large to have actually fit into a bag, but he must have found kind of a a small one. (laughs) Uh normally they're like they have pictures with small inscriptions underneath the pictures it seems like this one was like a whole history inscribed on it mm-hmm. yeah well i kept googling it and i kept just getting the, like last names and shit i could never get the actual <laughs> word for it i knew it was something right the way to talk about it uh and yeah. i think i think on here there was some mention of some ancient writings around like some supposed curse of the day of fire because this used to belong to uh the emperor's at the time spirit banisher named Karakan. I didn't see him referenced anywhere else when I looked around for that name. But Ezreal gets out. Uh, he goes back to Piltover, and before he takes his findings to the Piltoven Explorers Guild, he's got to go get all of 
you know, new clothes suited out because he's got to look nice for his interview. <laughs> and apparently while he was getting tailored, one of the tailor's assistants put the steel in sunlight during an equinox and the whole thing fucking exploded into a bunch of, they call them infernus gremlins. In the art that I found, it looks like a bunch of fiery crickets or grasshoppers. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Ezreal kind of helps deal with that. And, and it, three days later in the journal, apparently he is being brought up on some sort of charges. And uh, It's so good, dude. That that final entry of like seeking legal aid was hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's it. It's, it's pretty short. Yeah. This whole thing was really funny. The way it's written out as a journal is... is I just highly recommend reading it. It's super short. And there's a lot of Ezreal's personality here. I loved just right off the bat, the beginning. <laughs> of It says, A handwritten account of the discovery of the Vault of Resplendent Holies by Ezreal, Piltover's greatest fully accredited explorer. Official Piltover Explorers Guild membership, membership still pending. <laughs> Which we'll see come up again <laughs> yeah. in one of the other short stories. Yeah. I, yeah, I also like how he brought pomade down into yeah. the, yeah, like a bunch of pomade to make sure his hair looks good. And at some point, he's like, also, bad news, I'm out of pomade. <laughs> yeah, this is fun. It's a, it's a very fun way of, of kind of telling a story. I was going to say, I liked the end, too, where, where he was like, this is going to change the world. Hopefully not just the academic world. Nobody cares about the academic world. <laughs> yeah. It's very Ezreal. And also, like, it's kind of true. I mean, outside of the academic world, nobody cares. And he doesn't want just, like, I would, you know, academics probably very dull and stuffy to him. There was another line I liked in this. Okay, so it was when he finds this door with all of, like, the runes on it or whatever. And he said, I deciphered what I could, but my ancient Shuriman is a little rusty. Best guess, it was something about a curse. A really bad curse that multiplies? Maybe a thousand curses? This is fantastic. Like I always say, if it's not cursed, it's not worth it. Honestly, a lot of this I kind of pictured in John's voice. Yeah. Because like, he, he blasts the door and he's like, sorry, history. But this door can't, you know, or whatever. <laughs> wrote that one down to you when I was like I, I think that's why I liked it so much it's also like all of Ezreal's stuff is a voice that like very similar to my writing am I right in that John I feel like a lot of my characters yeah. have this kind of similar like that snarky that snarky confidence yeah confidence to them <laughs> yeah this when you broke the door I went sorry history <laughs> so good uh, this was I think because my expectations were so low for Ezreal I thought he was just going to be like a really boring explorer boy the fact that he had a personality was cool i don't play as real so i don't know what his quotes are like he's got good quotes except (laughs) that's one of them and who needs a map because i feel like that became a meme or something Mm. there's an interesting tidbit about this story too is that we find out that the original name of zahn was likely ashra vazan oh as a shreeman settlement Mm -hmm. i feel like we've mentioned that before but i did find it interesting that only his uncle thinks that and no one believes him yeah <laughs> it's so sad that, I guess. Um, the history of Zon being so buried i mean maybe there was mm. good record keeping but then ezreal just blew it all up so <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> he just blew up the door <laughs> it had the whole history on it <laughs> i did like as well that there's a couple of moments i think where he's talking about the stone guardian 
where he had he there's a couple strike throughs where he had started being like oh, oh this yeah, one yeah. dumb slow-witted strikes it through a whole army of <laughs> like giant terrifying stone golems yeah he only like had to f- he didn't even fight anything there was just like a slow stone golem there yeah, yeah. he had to embellish it of course yeah like you do yeah so that was a explorer's journey mm-hmm the other one, the curator's gambit. This is a uh, more of a story, not like a journal. Um, Ezreal, ooh, Ezreal's doing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even started drinking. <laughs> uh, Ezreal's doing business with a Freljordian named Januk. 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 Okay. John, you keep looking. Is this somebody else that you researched and found out more stuff about them? I did research. I found nothing. Oh, I thought he was going to be I know. someone. He seems yeah. like he would pop I up more places. Look it up. I assumed he was a one-off guy. <laughs> mm. That's fair, I guess. Uh, they've done business together before, and they kind of have a history of betraying each other, but Januk probably started it. <laughs> Ezreal was hired by him to get something called the Elixir of Eloa? Eloa? Eula. That sounds good Uloa. to me. God, why do you always make me say these words? <laughs> like, I always get those stories. <laughs> anyway, it's in Shirima. So, Januk says that a single drop can quench the soul for a thousand years and give a man's skin as tough as... Pe- Ooh, petricite. I know petricite. what that is. Yeah. Fuck, petricite. Yeah, I, like, said it in my head eight million times, but I never said it with my mouth. <laughs> and my mouth meat didn't want to go that way. <laughs> I really didn't want to say petricite. <clears throat> anyway, Ezreal won't hand it over without payment, obviously, and promise into the Explorer's Guild, who have denied him so far. So sad. Januk, of course, betrays him. He has this old stone bell with, like, strange writing carved into it. Januk said he's going to be using that and the elixir to raise a dreadlord, which Ezreal doesn't seem that concerned about, but he's like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fight that Ezreal absolutely loses, but Januk, uh, when he gets the elixir and drinks it, Ezreal tells him that he'd replaced it with sand wasp venom. I did think here that Ezreal was straight up about to murder <laughs> someone, but no, it's just going to give him, like, diarrhea, apparently. <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. So Ezreal leaves with the elixir and the bell, hoping that that will, uh, you know, get him into the guild, stopping a dread lord, finally. Yeah, and this Dreadlord, again, most likely Mordekaiser. Oh, I'm, yeah. Like 99%. Yeah. Because, <laughs> what's his name? Januk. Uh, he <laughs> says that the, the writing on the bell specifically is something called Oknun? Uh, Ochnun? Something like ha, that? I don't know. Your turn now. Oknun. Yeah, right? Oknun. <laughs> and uh, apparently that is the, the, the language of the dead. And Mordekaiser, actually, the title is Oknun is as well. So, not just the name, but a whole word. But yeah, yeah. I liked this uh, story as well. It was just again short and funny. This is like punchy. reminds me of, like Mundo stuff. Punchy is a good one. Mm. Yeah, I also do like how Ezreal's escape plan is like some late nineties, early two thousands like diarrhea humor. <laughs> it's like a, a laxative. <laughs> then you picture him like on the toilet, right? Van Wilder, <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, causing hijinks. Yeah. Austin Powers. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There was I mean, a. That does kind of fit as real. That's true. I guess he is young. I looked him up. It said he was supposed to be like twenty. I thought he was going to be younger. He was at some he point. He reads younger. 
(laughs) He hasn't really grown up. I guess a lot of 20-year-olds are still, they're young. It's very young. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down one line here that I liked. Uh, It was when he's talking about not being into the Explorers Guild. I've been denied entry to plenty of things in my time. Bars, schools, even a Sona recital. (laughs) But the Piltover Explorers Guild was the one that stung the most. And we can what, see exactly why he's been <laughs> denied. Why hasn't he gone? This, why was he turned away from a Sona recital? I know that's definitely a story that I another story that I want. Right, because the last story got to be get, in the Journal of Justice somewhere. The last story we get yeah. is him getting the elixir, which is like nothing that surprising. It was still punchy, you know, and fine. It wasn't a bad story, but it was exactly what you'd expect it to be. Like he tells you how he got the elixir in this story. So I don't need a story. What I need is the story of him getting turned away from a Sona recital. That's what I need. Uh, I will say he's honestly, bring in a bunch of fucking. I was gonna say he's trying to bring in a bunch of fucking alcohol about being in your twenties. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure the legal drinking age would be over twenty in Runeterra or under twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say the biggest surprise about this story after reading the elixir of Aloha is the fact that he wasn't actually exaggerating how hard it was to yeah. get the elixir because when he was telling the story to Januk, I fully thought that he just kind of like walked in and out with that shit yeah he's like oh let me embellish it a little bit or let me like you know really hype this up but yeah no that shit really happened no, it really was difficult I'm noticing about Riot I think with these stories that they create is that they feel like they have to be an action piece or they're not going to be interesting. And I'm just here to beg you, Riot. You can just have people having, like, human moments. There doesn't have to be action within a short story in order for it to be, like, supremely interesting. More echo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there is mm-hmm. even, like, mention of action in that one. But, yeah, that was, that's definitely a great example is Echo's story. You learn yeah. so much about him. But, yeah, and Ezreal just interacting with regular human beings <laughs> story <laughs> would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think even that small bit of it that we got about the first half before it it devolves yes. into an action piece. This might have been my favorite of the the lore pieces because it was it had the, the Ezreal voice and it was a little less, a little more grounded maybe than mm-hmm. some of the other. The third one was maybe the most grounded, but it's it's just so simple in what's happening. There's not much, not much there. Like I said, it's one sentence yeah. summary for that third <laughs> one. Um, okay, so here's something as well. Is that bell uh, Mikhail's blessing? the item which oh. is a bell and does have writing on it stone bell that's, i mean that's all that really Maybe. there for it. it's just an item mm-hmm. i don't know the crucible yeah mikhail's well, crucible. I think, well the crucible well it's it's mikhail's blessing now because uh, mikhail's oh, crucible got, right. got taken out. <laughs> <laughs> actually i'm curious yeah. i'm curious to see. well the only thing is it doesn't cleanse more old so who the fuck knows right <laughs> well you can't see them it's <laughs> You just cruise. Uh, you just use the Mikhail's on like the floating ball that you see. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Come here, you little point of light. <laughs> yeah, that would be really interesting. You don't see items like in-game items in stories that often. Yeah, it seems you know we get the the was it the tear of the goddess and the <laughs> the cinematic. And, you know, Ezreal seems like a really good champion to start picking up a lot of the items we see in League. Yeah. Yeah, but I really liked this story. Uh, I wanted to write down some dialogue bits, too, because I really liked the uh, the little dialogue exchange with Janook in the beginning. The the witty banter that they had was a lot of fun. And mm. I feel like Ezreal would probably end up working with him again, even despite this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
It's me a lot, it reminds me a lot of like a lot of the Malcolm Reynolds relationships from Firefly, mm. where like Ooh, yeah, they just backstab each other all the time. But like when the chips are down, like you're gonna go back again. You're gonna give them another <laughs> shot. You just have to backstab them first this time. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Uh, sure. So the last story is just called the elixir of Elua, Yoloa, or whatever. And uh, <laughs> it is just an action piece of Ezreal getting the elixir. It is almost frame by frame the await, or the warrior's cinematic, except without Kaisa. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. Right? It wasn't just me. I rewatched it, just to be sure. Yeah, I think the big difference was, like, I, I got the impression from the story that the things that came out weren't necessarily void creatures yeah. but may have been like shuriman or something like that mm-hmm. but you know it's not specified so it could very well have been void creatures it, it kind of fits the description that he gave of them yeah 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 well i mean ezreal would might have assumed that they were shuriman based on where he was and, That's true. and not knowing that they were void about void creatures <laughs> yeah yeah I guess the difference in this is that he doesn't ult to kill one minion. He actually does ult and get a, and blow a hole through a wall and get out. It's the one. I fucking forgot about this. I like how, too, in this, they kind of mentioned that his arcane shift has too long of a cooldown. And that he complains about yeah. that a lot. He was like, it takes a while to charge. Too long, I might think. <laughs> yeah, I think this, I mean, this one was, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's just an action piece. Ezreal tomb dives and gets a thing. It's not that not the most interesting, but the thing I liked the most was how much it went into kind of what it feels like to like use Ezreal's abilities, mm. right? Like that was something I liked was the how he talk, he talks about like just the feelings of like you know charging up the power to blast stuff and like that doing the arcane shift and and that all I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, very um, few champion stories in in encompass the cooldown mechanic from League, <laughs> but. <laughs> But Ezreal. <laughs> it makes sense for his. Uh, this was written by Rayla Hyde, by the way. I really liked the writing. She really captured Ezreal's voice um, really well. It just, like, like so many times before, I've said this sentence so many times, it's not the story that I wanted with Ezreal because I already knew it. I didn't get anything else from this. Yeah. yeah. Well, like you said, I think knowing that he has that elixir from the other story... Like, well, we, 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 we definitely, I mean, we know he's not going to get squished in the tombs, obviously, yeah. but still, you know. Um, yeah, I know there's yeah. not a big twist in the tombs. Like, I know what happened there. He even talked about it in the the other story, you know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of thought. if that one came like, first. I didn't check maybe. the date or anything. Mm. It's a good question, you know, because I, I think it's linked on the pay, on the universe page at, as Ezreal Color Story, so I suspect maybe this Elixir one was like the first thing that came out. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when we did Caitlin, one thing that was kind of neat that we talked about was how her story and Vi's story kind of like interlinked, and that was fun seeing those connections. And with this one, I don't feel that. Like seeing yeah. the, the same thing connects. It's like, eh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Give me that. <laughs> Sona concert stories. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> well, do we have anything else to say about Ezreal? Well, Real Ezreal. Um, I will say, so, while it's not linked as a short story, uh, there's more lore for Ezreal on the universe page in mm. the form of Ezreal's field notes. Mm. So, if you yeah. are looking at the map of Runeterra, you can zoom in on certain areas and you'll get little blurbs that Ezreal has written about that area um, through Ezreal's voice. 
Um, and there are 20 blurbs, so I'm surely not going to get into all of them. But there's uh, a few that I kind of liked. <laughs> um, we find out that the original capital of Sharima, before they were even an empire, is called Neremazeth, which is where the original sun disk was that got destroyed before the Azir sun disk was built. Uh, there's an island in the middle of nowhere titled, Look, Nothing Happened. And the little lore blurb was, I was marooned on that deserted rock for a week. It's home to a colony of aggressively flirtatious things? I don't know. <laughs> walruses, maybe? <laughs> uh, but I know something happened there. Uh, also, he was when he was sailing in one of the areas, he apparently stole Grog, and pirates were going to make him walk the plank. But then he said... As the ship's logs will attest, a patch of rough seas claimed our navigator. Which I kind of feel like means that Ezreal may have killed the navigator so that they needed him to navigate and they couldn't make him walk the plank. Because the whole section of this blurb seemed a bit sus. <sighs> interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. interesting. I feel like knowing how they've written Ezreal, I couldn't see him straight up just killing somebody, but maybe like not helping or leading him in a way that was dangerous. Tricking him off. Yes. The edge yes. Him, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, we also find out that Ezreal visited Noxus and was intimidated out by the Black Rose. Oh. Who snuck yeah, that him was a cool. Black Rose petal every day until he <laughs> left <laughs> in increasingly intimate areas. That would take me two days and I'd be <laughs> Just arcane shifting whenever it's on cooldown. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> fuck. fuck out. That's interesting. It is interesting to think of how Ezreal would react, or not react, but interact with um, a lot of the really big league champions that we've gotten so far. Because Ezreal, while he has like a special power, he's still very human and still a little bit more relatable than like, you know, Elise <laughs> or Diana. Hmm. <laughs> And we know that magic isn't welcomed in Demacia, so he goes by a pseudonym whenever he visits Demacia, Jaro Lightfeather. Yeah. It's his name in That's Demacia. That's interesting. Oh. It's also going to come up later in his AUs because it's also his nickname when playing D&D. Oh, Is cute. <laughs> <laughs> I love how that scenario we're going to explore. <laughs> Uh, I also learned something interesting from one of these blurbs. So when they're talking about Alawi, uh, Ezreal uh, made a reference to her fetish, which already Alawi and tentacles. I was like, excuse me, yeah. what is Ezreal talking about? I mean, her fetish is Brahm. I thought we established that. <laughs> uh, fetish also means an inanimate object worshipped for its supposed magical powers, or it is, or because it is considered to be inhabited by a spirit. So that little thing okay. that Alawi's carrying with her. Okay, Raya knew what they were fucking doing with that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they did not use the word fetish accidentally there. Uh, last thing is that in one of his little blurbs near the. Um, near where he did the Elixir of Aloha story, he runs into Nico, but he doesn't realize it. He just sees himself staring at himself <laughs> from the jungle and assumes that he is high as fuck, having just yeah. drank some <laughs> juice from a nearby town. <laughs> oh, that's great. I like that. Yeah, these are fun. These were a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. It's a good way to spice up the map. 
and he's the perfect character to kind of do it with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone kind of knows him. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting. One of them, he runs into a Targonian, and they tell him that his soul is entwined with the aspect of the Wanderer. So maybe Ezreal's got some sort of... I don't know exactly how the aspects work. He actually has a (laughs) quote where he he sacks a Targonian in, like, was it... In ten words or less, what exactly are you guys? Because I don't <laughs> fucking know either. I like that. But he's got he some interaction there. <laughs> That's great. All right. Yeah. So, any final thoughts on regular canon Ezreal? Well, actually, so oh, God, we oh. can move to the cinematics, which are oh, canon. Right. That's true. Well, I guess the one cinematic <laughs> that's canon, which is Warriors. Warriors, yeah. Yeah, in uh, Warriors, his scene is getting Tear of the Goddess <laughs> from something. Bunch of void creatures come out, and Kaisa shows up to help. He almost chicken shits out. Almost does. Almost leaves her behind, and then he's like, now nah, I'll help. But then his cooldowns come up, and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really... Cool. I mean, it's whole cin- cinematic we've talked about before. It's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. But I really Very like cool. Ezreal's part in it. I think it was the first time I'd seen him, I don't know, look like something that could almost exist if that makes sense <laughs> that's fair you have though. a you have a human face here <laughs> like i can see you Ezreal. i see you i see you yeah, yeah he doesn't look uncanny yeah that's good mm-hmm. i think uh, talking about as real um i like <laughs> the fact that he felt nice and distinct from draven even though they have a lot of similarities as well in yeah their, true their personalities mm-hmm that's a really good they point. Do, yeah, they do cocky in very different ways, which is an interesting thing, I guess, to me. That here you got two characters who are both pompous, not pompous, but uh, arrogant. You know, <laughs> arrogant. Yeah, that's confident, right. and they're both really skilled, so the confidence isn't like unwarranted. I feel like mm-hmm. Ezreal, you can tell that he could be humbled. You know, Ezreal. I think it could happen, and he could show respect for someone. Whereas Draven. Probably not. <laughs> and he yeah. definitely yeah. highlights the difference in their upbringing too. So yeah. where like where Draven was born in like a world of violence, he became arrogantly violent and very skilled at that. And mm-hmm. Ezreal comes from wealth and has become arrogantly academic and adventurous <laughs> with all the money in the world to just <laughs> globe trot. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Mostly just because yeah, I didn't sure. expect it was gonna be funny. so he's in a few other cinematics that aren't necessarily canon uh he's in one called duo which stars lily pichu and uh slightly musical this is when they were um doing the animations based on prolific Mm. content creators so it's just a quick animation with ezreal and lux fighting a swain along to a sweet pentakill soundtrack (laughs) uh and actually fun fact about this video this has post-visual update Ezreal in it, and the visual update had not been <laughs> announced oh. yet. <laughs> huh. So this really? was kind of the first view of what the new Ezreal was going to look like. Neat. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, he's also in the Pulse Fire Revealed cinematic, which is mostly a skin trailer, but it's got some pre-skin trailer cinematic things that go along with it. He's in the Matt Client trailer, which is just the Pulse Fire Ezreal schematics. He's in Rise, which 
Normally when I see that someone's in Rise, I assume it's one of their weapons because the beginning <laughs> of that video just has a million weapons lying on the mm. ground. But he is actually one of the giant stone statues at about two minutes. Mm. Uh, so he was actually visible in it. <laughs> is it Pulse Fire that is the statue? I'm trying to picture him. Um, uh, I actually well, don't think it is. It. You can see his hair in it. <laughs> so if it is Pulse Fire, it's pre-evolution. It's very important okay. that you could see his hair. It is very important. Uh, he's also in the Road to the Cup cinematic, which we talked about a little bit before, which was animated by Studio Mir for the 2013 Worlds, uh, which highlights a bunch of pros fighting as their signature champion. And Ezreal was played by none other than CLG's Double Lift. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of funny because CLG did not make it to Worlds that year. <laughs> <laughs> But clearly they had commissioned the cinematic before because that's the year that uh, I think Vulcan made it. And I don't think anyone was expecting that shit. (laughs) They had uh, TSM, CLG, and Cloud9 in the cinematic. And uh, I mean, to be fair, it was a safe bet. But then (laughs) Vulcan came out of nowhere. What are you going to fucking do, right? Man. Yeah, those are the cinematics. <clears throat> at least the non-AU cinematics. I separate okay. those. So do you want to dive us into the AUs? Any final thoughts, Mark, before John does that? Uh, we can talk about quotes if you want to real quick. Um, VO is Daniel Ammerman. Uh, he's got some good ones. I, I like the fact that they kind of poke fun at him being someone who goes and essentially steals shit from other people. He's got a few quotes around stealing things that I liked. Uh, one is, if it's a ruin, I can legally rob it which was nice. Yeah. Uh, and then it's not grave robbing if you have a college degree, which I do not have a college degree. It's also a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Do I need to play Ezreal? I didn't realize. He's got good ones. He has quotes for when he misses his Dead. mystic shot. Those are great. Fucking. He's also got one when he interacts with a, um, uh, a Vestayan, which I thought was neat, where he references Santangelo's field guide to Vestaya from like way back in Ari's lore. Remember reading that? <laughs> oh, Jesus. That was neat. <laughs> but yeah, he's got good ones. Also, he has quotes kind of confirming the shipping between him and Lux. Well, I or mean, at least his side of it. Yeah. <laughs> he just has a crush on her, right? Yeah. Uh, he's got a quote to Zoe. Zoe, you're ruining my chances with Lux because Zoe has a huge crush on Ezreal. Oh. He even has a quote saying like, Zoe, I'm much too young for you, you grave robber. <laughs> cradle robber. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cradle robber. Grave robber. Uh, He's the grave the robber. Thing. Come on. Oh, gosh. Uh, you also get his full Damasian title, which is Jaro Lightfeather, Sentinel of Light, Eighth Order. He's a national hero. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no confirmation on the Tarek ship, though, huh? <laughs> no, there's nothing on the Tarek ship that I could find. They trade hair care tips, mm. I think. But I don't remember the exact yeah, quote. He has, more, he has more specific quotes for champions and areas i think that i've ever seen mm-hmm. uh, he even has specific quotes for just like walking through the river really? he's like oh yeah. these boots aren't even waterproof oh man <laughs> oh my god yeah. just like his boots from the uh explorer's journey one actually that yeah. was another fun one yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. that was funny but yeah, yeah he's got a lot and if he like uh, if he meets champions from specific areas he'll reference the areas and the items and 
he says like a lot of very specific quotes. Yeah, yeah. I think Ezreal is a, a case we're having maybe the biggest one so far where he he's just a widely played champion, I think. He's he's very played, isn't he? And and he has been for so long. We've been watching esports for a really long time. Ezreal is always a possibility mm-hmm. in the bot lane. Even if he's not really in the meta, you still might see Ezreal. It's never yeah. like a shocking pick. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Couldn't imagine League without him, honestly. <laughs> Who would be our true display of skill? <laughs> I don't I don't play him, Sonic. He does also have I mean this is technically from his Star Guardian skin, but I liked the quote. Hmm. John's phone Literally my phone turned off right as I started to read that. Uh, hmm. Maybe I'll ask the first star for a tuxedo and some roses. Hmm. In case you were curious whether or not the Star Guardian was a reference to... Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I, like, totally forgot that you'd Star Guardian first. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sailor Moon. Yeah. Clear tuxedo mask. mask reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think another one of his is, like, oh, thank God they didn't put me in one of those sailor outfits. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Whereas the Draven end would be, like, mm, I got to get me one of those sailor outfits. <laughs> Do you have something that's more revealing or something that can really show? Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you have a skirt that's even shorter? Not for them, for me. Oh, man. Uh, Fuck, that's a good That's a good skin idea. You're doing the quotes on you. shit already. I am, I am. <laughs> You're welcome, Ryan. Pay me. <laughs> all right, any more quotes? Y'all good? No, I'm, I'm good. All right, I'm going to grab a glass of wine, lean back in my seat. John, you have 30 minutes. All right, I can do it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, preferably 20. But I have 30. But you have 30. Okay, good. Once you hit 30, I'm going to start playing that music like they oh, do no. at award shows. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to rush through the ones that don't have a lot of lore quick because there are three that have a decent amount of lore. So we'll start with KDA. He's in KDA? Wait, what? So while Ezreal <laughs> does not have a KDA skin, uh, in the Harmonies comics, you can see Yasuo reading a Battle Academia manga with Battle Academia Ezreal right. on the that's cover. Not, that's not, that's not. So in, it is canon within the KDA universe that Battle Academia Ezreal exists. I feel like they've, it, they've confirmed that KDA universe is our world. <laughs> that's what I was going to say, right? Is it, remember, yeah, right? like, League is real. So... <laughs> in... Yeah. But I'm going to stack that reference because in the Battle Academia universe, people are reading Star Guardian (laughs) comics. Oh, my God. Uh It's all connected. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh, Anywho, he's also part of the Glacial universe uh, in a world where each champion is a creature of ice or snow. Frosted Ezreal occasionally finds himself in the Freljord searching for such and such artifact. But braving sub-zero temperatures, terrifying ice beasts, and angry Freljordian tribes is a tall order, even for him. That's why he goes in disguise. He's practically a different person. <laughs> and what skin was this? Again? Frosted Ezreal. He's got oh. white hair instead of blonde <laughs> yeah, yeah. and wears blue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, here's another uh, thing I could tweet out. <laughs> the only champion that John has ever dressed as is Frost Frostfire. Frost, frost guard, frosted frost man, Ezreal. frost man as frosted, frosted as real, frosted tips frosted tips as real. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll tweet I'll tweet that out. Good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're welcome. Uh, 
He's also part of the debonair line, set in an alternate piltover where each champion is a well-dressed gentleman or lady. Mm-hmm. Debonair <laughs> Ezreal has tailored suits, fitted vests, and an elegant gauntlet to let everyone know the difference between Ezreal and the common rabble is simple. He makes this look good. And they don't. <laughs> I mean, has he seen Jace? <laughs> or Vi? Mm-hmm. Or Galio? Mm. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Uh, he's part of the arcade skin line so there are three factions here the gamers who are jumping into the game the natives of the game world and the rogue bosses who cause havoc in the game uh, arcade Ezreal is a skilled gamer who was transported into the arcade world by Vagar Ezreal holds the world record for speed running the original version of Hyper Crystal Dungeon in 45 seconds using a custom made mobile controller Vagar has made a terrible mistake does that count? Can you uh, can you use custom controllers and shit with speedrunning? I thought they got really finicky about some of that stuff. Uh, you know, there's probably a separate category of yeah. speedrunning for it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Modified controller. Mod, mod any percentage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fun fact, the entire arcade skin line kind of started with the PAX skin. So PAX Jax, PAX Siver, and PAX TF. Um but since they were specifically named after the event, they could not be sold. <laughs> they could only be given mm-hmm. out yeah. um, at the event. So they shifted to the arcade line, which they can still give away at events, but also sell outside of events. Fuck yeah. Uh, also, accounts with pack skins now sell for over $500. No Holy shit. Crap. But don't sell or buy them because account sharing is very easy to detect and you will lose your money and the account. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> nice disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> For legal purposes. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, now he's also part of the Albion one. So the great elven empires were shattered into remnants long ago, yet the elves remain. Nottingham Ezreal is a part of this skin line. An adventuring elf from the outlying forest kingdoms, Ezreal likes to present himself as a handsome rogue paladin named Jaro Lightfeather. <laughs> Very few people believe his claims of knighthood, but they serve as a decent enough distraction between his disastrous misadventures. Uh, oddly enough, this skin, I think, is one of the first examples of a single skin existing in two separate universes because... Nottingham Ezreal is also in Rift Quest, set in a more typical fantasy tabletop role-playing setting of Runeterra. All the champions are fantasy characters, usually seen in any tabletop game. Danger lurks in the land of Runeterra. Powerful monsters, dastardly sorcerers, and mythical creatures roam unchecked. Gather your friends and create your own adventure for three to five players, vanquishing evil with each roll of the die. Do you have what it takes to save the world and become a legend of Rift Quest? I really want a league tabletop RPG now. <laughs> you know there is an un unlicensed five uh, e content for uh, oh yeah, with league stuff. I think it takes place in Bilgewater. Like I said, it's unlicensed. Oh. I, I think Wizards was like, no, we're not. You can't do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's so fun though. It is there. Hmm. Uh, now there's Storybook. This is set in a storybook world where each champion is a character from a fairy tale world. It encompasses two skin lines, the general storybook ones and High Stakes, which is the one that Ezreal's a part of, as Ace of Spades Ezreal. Oh my god. First is the ace at a hurtling pace, a man of both talent and vim, who <laughs> holds all the cards in the court of High Stakes because everything's about him. <laughs> Cute. 
Thank That's you. me clapping with a wine glass. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, he's part of the Soccer Cup, AU, set in the world of football. All the champions are either football players, judges, fans, or the soccer ball. <laughs> Wait, you said set uh, in the world this... of football. So does that mean that the entire world is football? Or... <laughs> yes. <laughs> the whole... Everything's football Which now. is why Ramis is soccer ball. <laughs> okay. I mean, okay. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, Striker Ezreal is a part of this. He's a young and flashy prodigy. Ezreal is Order United's most popular player, or at least he was until a long series of teleportation-related fouls got him in trouble with the Oversight Committee. So his gauntlet exists in the... <laughs> yes. Uh, also, Ezreal's one of only six champions with multiple World Championship skins, with uh, TPA in 2012 and Samsung Galaxy in 2017. It's because everyone, all the pros play him all the time. Uh, they yeah. do. Look at that Unsurprisingly, fucking, that time gap hmm? is all I was going to say. Five years diff, oh, and he's yeah. still making fucking, oh man. Yeah. Making it happen. <laughs> okay. Time for some more intensive AUs, everyone. <clears throat> Got this, babe. We're going to start with PsyOps. The crown jewel of military black ops, the PsyOps unit are an elite team of psychic soldiers deployed against rogue militaries and supernatural threats. Officially, they don't exist, but when conventional warfare won't cut it and the stakes are no less than the fate of the world, PsyOps answers the calls. Now this has uh, a cinematic around it called Operation Songbird, Mm, which was for the release of PsyOps Sona. Uh, Basically, the Resistance members come to break Sona out. Uh, She spent the past several years locked in darkness, subjected to harrowing experiments to further the Black Rose Group's aims of manufacturing the perfect human bioweapon. And Ezreal is one of the people who comes to break her out. Uh, On the computers, when they're all invading, we see little, like, blurbs about each of the characters, including um, their alias, specialization, and what their threat level is. So Ezreal is number 47, PsyOps Ezreal, which... This fun fact, he was also the, I guess, 47th champion. Uh, His alias is The Explorer. Specialization is Exfiltration. And his threat level is 9, which sounds high. But of everyone that we see, it is the lowest threat level with Shenvai and Sona all being 10. (laughs) Sona's a higher threat level? (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I played Sona. Uh, and his lore blurb for this is uh, a young hotshot and the newest recruit in the elite psyops unit. Ezreal's raw psychic ability is only matched by his severely overinflated ego. He has successfully annoyed the rest of his team to the point they just direct him towards hard targets and half hope he winds up dead. Oh my god. <laughs> god damn. Uh, and he also has a prestige skin. Ezreal's mastery of psychic military combat has driven him to new heights, attracting the attention of his handlers and high command. He's calmed down a bit, earning some respect from his squadmates but not enough. He's never calmed down enough. I love how every universe, they're like, <laughs> and he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I guess some things are universal. It's interesting that the prestige skins are almost sort of uh, like the narrative progressing. There was one other prestige one that, maybe it was a KDA one that we just talked about. I think but Diana. Yeah, or Di- yeah. but it's weird to me, or interesting, that they that's how they kind of use them in these AUs. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't have thought they'd have different Right? Yeah. I just thought, like, oh, silver version. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he's also part of Battle Academia, which is set in a world where champions go to school that cultivate the next generation of superheroes. Uh, This skin line is separated into two schools, 
Durandel, and Labrys, though the lore has an additional three, Amrita, Babylon, and Sharor, all named after mythological weapons. The academies themselves are built around these titanic sentient god weapons. Um, and while this is technically separate from the academy skin line, um, you know, they might get connected in the future. Who knows? Um, there are a couple cinematics with this one. Uh, nope, there's one cinematic. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Fight for Yours. Um, and it technically was only released in Brazil and Latin America, to my knowledge, but it's basically a training montage with Battle Academia um, champions Ezreal, Lux, Katarina, Jace, and Professor Graves and Principal Yumi. Battle Academia Ezreal is a young orphan initially thought devoid of any superhuman abilities. He had resigned himself to a normal life once he graduated middle school, but an encounter with a deadly threat awakened his slumbering potential, and now he finds himself a first year at the prestigious Durandel God Weapon Academy, where he's joined the Ragtag Battle Club. Nice. It's nice that he gets an anime like universe to be him, his anime self in. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite skin in game because of how extra he is all the time. And it's that one, right? Yeah. This is my ultimate ability. <laughs> no joke. John quotes that at me at least once uh, a month. <laughs> and I don't even play Ezreal. No, me neither. But he says that to everyone. Yeah. Doesn't he? Well, yeah. He if, you, if he does it, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. We're going into Star Guardian. This is the the one of the big two. <laughs> and there are two skins that are part of it. Oh my god. Uh, so this is a series of parallel universe skins in, that follow the story of a group of high school students who choose to become cosmic protectors and must battle cosmic enemies threatening the universe. Uh, however, they consequently learn of the anguish and perils associated with their newfound roles. So there are there are a few cinematics in the Star Guardian. Um, one, the only one he's technically a part of is a new horizon, which follows Ari and her star guardian crew. Um, the other one is mostly kind of a a Lux one. Um, but his lore blurb, uh, before he was awakened by the first star, Ezreal was a born explorer with boundless curiosity for the world around him and becoming a star guardian only served to further fuel his appetite for discovery. Now the universe is his uncharted map, the stars his destinations. As a newcomer to the team, his energy can be both refreshing and annoying to his teammates. The burdens of being a star guardian are lost on him. He'd rather focus his energy on solving the exciting mysteries of the galaxy. Uh, During the team's travels, he's known to wander off without notice, but he always returns when he's most needed. For the time being, though, a certain pink-haired guardian from another team has caught his attention. (laughs) That's Lux. What? (laughs) Uh, he also travels with his magical medium, Yuto, um, who's, you know, any of the Star Guardian skins. That's the little creatures that mm-hmm. kind of travel with him in-game. He's a mirror of Ezreal's youthful wanderlust, though it prefers to witness their travels from inside the Explorer's Gauntlet. But when out in the open, the feline freely roams the skies, serving as a valuable scout. can also fuse with Ezreal to grant him angelic wings and the power of flight, which often leaves an impression on the ladies. Okay. Ow, ow. <laughs> Uh, the other skin this part of this is actually uh, Pajama Guardian Ezreal. Mm. Uh, the first star has burdened Ezreal with a lot. The responsibility, the heavy weight of destiny, the sparkly outfit. <laughs> Attending a slumber party was definitely not on the list of expended, expected cosmic duties. Not that he minds, really, as long as they don't actually try to braid his hair. Oh, bullshit, Ezreal. Spoiler alert, they're gonna. <laughs> uh, so 
There's actually several short stories that are part of this universe, and I'll just kind of write a synopsis. Uh, Starfall is the first one, and this one mostly focuses on Lux and her team. Basically, Lux has a team of Star Guardians. They're in rough shape. They're fighting. They're not working as a group. Lux has been having nightmares. Lulu's been drawing pictures of other Star Guardians, despite the fact that they're all confident they're the only ones left. So Lux brings the team to a team-building retreat. There they meet a popular group led by Ari, and during an exercise there, she meets Ezreal while looking for a map of the area. He tells her maps are overrated. <laughs> uh, they flirt a lot, talk to each other about their favorite types of light. You know, like you do with the girls that you're into. <laughs> uh, as they go searching for the rest of Lux's group, they run into Jinx, who makes things as awkward as possible, shaking Ezreal's hands much too much when he's there introduced, and then asking him what his intentions are towards Lux the first time they meet. <laughs> Uh, Miss Fortune then interrupts. She's very cold towards Lux and Jinx and pulls Ezreal away, saying Ari needs them. As he's leaving, he throws over his shoulder, By the way, my favorite type of light is starlight. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this whole time, Lux has been having nightmares. Uh, one night she wakes up, Lulu's missing, so they go searching for her. She's in a clearing, but before they reach her, the ground erupts and dark creatures pour out. They fight hard, but they're clearly outclassed. All of a sudden, five bright lights fill the sky and land in a perfect five-point landing. Who could it be? It's Ari, Ezreal, Misfortune, Soraka, and Syndra. The five cool kids. Turns out they're also Star Guardians. What? Right? Lux's crew isn't the only ones. Uh, They're also way better Star Guardians. (laughs) They make quick work of the monsters and work as a perfectly synchronized team. Then a big boss comes out. Lux almost falls into the pit it creates, but Ezreal saves her. And together with both their teams, they take it down. Uh, this little bit isn't about Ezreal. I kind of wrote it here because I was just... It actually made me very interested in the Star Guardian lore itself. Like, when Lux kind of wakes up, Ari's there, and Lux is like, wow, you're a great leader. Like, you should lead our team, too. Like, we need a good leader. That's not me. And Ari is kind of cold. She refuses, saying, like, Star Guardians aren't sisters. We're just strangers with memories. Oh, damn. And she's like, but together, there's nothing we can't face. And Ari says, together, there's just much more to lose. And then Lux is like, it's our destiny. (laughs) And then her face darkens, and she tells her destiny's an ugly word and just walks out. Oh, shut up, Ari. So edgy. Yeah. Right. We'll learn a little bit more about that later. I'm sure. But the next short story is The Slumber Party Summoning. I've decided real quick. For Star Guardian Draven. He's not actually a Star Guardian. He's cosplaying as a Star, Star Guardian. Ooh, yeah. They should have a whole cosplay that'd be, yeah. line. That will be great. I Right? Yeah. 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 I'd be down. And he's doing a Star Guardian. Just add it to the hair ring. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Just a cosplay section. Uh, so in the Slumber Party Summoning, Lux calls a mandatory Star Guardian meeting. Lulu takes this to mean all the Star Guardians, even though it was clear that Ari's crew does not want to be a part of them. Uh, but Lulu invites them anyway, and they actually show up. Some of them. Only Misfortune, Ezreal, and Soraka show up. Soraka brings cinnamon rolls from Pantheon's Pastries, <laughs> which is a shop that exists in this universe. Uh, Misfortune clearly doesn't want to be there. Ezreal's making small talk. He's doing the best he can. He's an outgoing folk. He's trying to make things less awkward. Uh, They kind of ask him, like, oh, you guys don't do sleepovers? They apparently don't, because Ari prefers to be out and about where the action is and not at home. Uh, Jinx crashes the party late, (laughs) and 
tells Luxie Poo wind chimes and shortstop that she's home. <laughs> uh, she seems very deflated when she sees Ezreal. There's kind of a weird thing between her and Ezreal. I feel like she's oh. jealous of Ezreal and uh, Lux. Oh. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> something here. Right, you trying to tell me Jinx is a heterosexual? Get the no, fuck out of here. <laughs> I think there's something, because it's always like she's excited to see Lux and then disappointed oh, when Ezreal's there. thank you. That makes more sense. Um, so she walks in. She's excited to see him. Gets very deflated when she sees Ezreal. Then she suggests they play Truth or Dare. And Ezreal's like, oh, well, that sounds dangerous. I'm in. Asks Ezreal to do a fun teleportation trick that he does. Uh, so he does his fun teleportation trick. Uh, but accidentally picks up an interdimensional hitchhiking demon in the process. Oh, no. Which begins to tear up the living room, and then they tear it up even more trying to kill it. Uh, but MF gets a perfect shot off to end its interdimensional life. Uh, in the confusion, dinner was burnt and ruined. And then Misfortune says that Ezreal ordered pizzas to make up for the portal mishap. Soraka's fine with cinnamon rolls for dinner, and they'd love to stay for the slumber party. Then Lulu comes in and provides them all pajamas, and they make plans to braid Ezreal's hair. We also find out in the story that Ezreal is lactose intolerant. <laughs> the real um, shit. I was curious because I love the pajama guardian skins more than the star guardian ones. I don't usually play the star guardian ones. And I was like, I didn't remember them getting released or what the event was. All of a the sudden, there was just characters in pajamas. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Now you know. Now I know. <laughs> Uh, and the last story is the Twilight Star. So Lex's team and Misfortune are patrolling the park. Misfortune's party couldn't join her because Ezreal got detention, Syndra had school, Ari was busy, and Soraka was working at Pantheon's Pastries. <laughs> uh, we also find out that Ari didn't show up to the slumber party because she was... I mean, we don't find out in this story, but the reason she didn't show up to the slumber party was that she was going to rescue Zyrakan and Nico alone right alone which led us to the light and shadow cinematic which oh. makes so much more sense now because i remember seeing the cinematic and thinking like that's cool i don't know what the fuck's going on here but that's cool <laughs> and now i get it okay i'm gonna have to rewatch that shit because yeah that was my exact reaction <laughs> i don't know what the fuck i don't know the fucking star guardian lore yeah so zoe zoe corrupted zion rakan in that cinematic and nico's trying to get free and then they're all fighting and then ari comes to save the day and now for the last one pulse fire set in a dystopian future after the cog era it features champions augmented by cybernetic enhancements and equipped with chrono technology so ezreal is a temporal fugitive and time-hopping explorer extraordinaire he leaps across disparate realities searching for interesting technology to acquire He's responsible for countless paradoxes and is currently wanted by the dystopian remembrancers who hunt him relentlessly. Uh, Pulsefire Caitlin and Lucian are chrono enforcers who are specifically appointed to apprehend or dispose of Ezreal. Uh, Pantheon has also encountered him at some point be between or before all the events of his short story. And uh, yeah, Fjord has also encountered him too and tried to kill him, but also saved his life a few times. Uh, and at some point in the future, we know he will also join the Remembrancers to combat the Praetorian threat. Uh, and he's a good friend of Pulsefire Echo. Kind of. They kind of hate each other. Kind of love each other. <laughs> uh, so the short story here, and I'm using short <laughs> generously here. It's actually a pretty long story. It's called Out of Time. This story follows Ezreal and some time-jumping exploits. It opens with him being hunted by Lucian and losing badly. 
Uh, Lucian's going to shoot him, and he opts to protect his face instead of his pulse core, which damages it, causes it to malfunction, and was a waste because then he gets his nose broken anyway. He gets away just in time by jumping to a random dimension of massive blood-sucking gnats until he can gather enough juice to lock onto another chrono signature and jump there to try and steal one of their cores to repair his own suit. He finds Pantheon and manages to get the jump on him, but Pantheon's kind of sitting in like a wasteland just staring out, and Pantheon tells him the entire wasteland is Ezreal's fault. His time jumping caused Praetorians to flood through and destroy the area, which happens to be Pantheon's home. Obviously, this doesn't match with Ezreal's image of himself, so he kind of hesitates, and in that hesitation, Pantheon turns around and breaks his nose again and attacks. His face! Yeah. He barely manages to make it out of there and jump to another random dimension, and he wakes up in the Remembrancer base, uh, where he's being healed by Fiora. Uh, when he asks who she is, she mentions, she's like, ah, shit, you're not our Ezreal, are you? <laughs> they banter a bit. She explains that she's going to save his life three times and also gives him a coin to show her for the next time they meet so that she doesn't kill him and repairs his suit enough to do one final jump. He uses that jump to jump to Echo. Uh, as we mentioned the other week, Echo's a genius and built his own suit from scratch, but part of that scratch was a stolen pulse fire core, so when Ezreal's like, can you build me one? He's like, no, I need a core, <laughs> literally the one part that you didn't protect on your suit. Uh, so they decide to time travel back to when Ezreal first stole the core, and he steals it from himself, intent to steal another one at some point and return to this time and put it back. <laughs> Very Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He also makes note of how primitive his original suit was compared to his current one, which I think is a pretty fun nod to how his suit evolves as he levels up in-game. Yeah, that is out of time. Uh, he does actually, we talked about his relationship with Echo, he does specifically mention, uh, like, man, have you ever just hated someone so much uh, because they remind you so much of themselves, they remind you so much of yourself, and all of your bad traits are just reflected in them. Yeah, it's not like that with Echo. I hate his mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I was going to say, because I don't feel like they're... I mean, they have some things in common, but personality-wise, they're not uh, like at all. Mm. I just remember that Pulsefire Pulse Ezreal skin was a really big deal. I think that was their first, like... What do they call those skins? Epic skins? Or it was one of the like first, legend- right? I don't remember that yeah, legendary yeah it was like the tier above that yeah yeah it was one of the first ones so everyone was like flipping out about the price and (laughs) i just remember apparently like it would do a special noise or visual if you killed a minion so people were like everyone could tell what i mess up a last (laughs) hit of a minion (laughs) (laughs) it's the fucking worst Um, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was the first evolving uh, skin and yeah, I think it was the first one at that tier point too. Yeah, you got some fun facts there, huh? A little. So speaking of skins, Ezra was the first champion that has thirteen of them. Oh shit! Yeah, he's a lot. Uh, he was also the first champion to have a champion spotlight. Oh, oh really? Yeah, build That's a Triforce. <laughs> Which was probably the start of the yeah, the, tri- <laughs> the Triforce True. on everyone meme. I mean, you still built a Triforce on Ezra, uh, or you can. Uh, there's a RuneScape NPC based on and named Ezreal. Oh, oh shit. Hmm. I wrote down some Zoe quotes <laughs> towards Ezreal. <laughs> I, 
have a question I want to ask, but I need you to say yes before I ask it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, if you wanted to hold hands, that would be okay. Are you from here? I walk between worlds. Well, Hop, actually, you're cute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and Ezreal was named after one of the game designers at Riot, Cult Ezreal Hallam. Oh, Hmm. neat. Hmm. Yeah, that was back when we did that with (laughs) a bunch of early champions. All right, you good? I'm good. You're done guys. with your 10 pages? Done with my 10 pages. Nice job, honey. Yeah, John had to do a lot of reading for this one. Way more than Mark and I do. Yes, thank you. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> you. Those AU short stories yeah. were not short this time around. I'm sorry, honey. We but did, they were good. You did a lovely job. Highly recommend. Nice. All right. Do we have any additional thoughts on Ezreal? No, I'm, I'm satisfied. Like like we said at the start, <laughs> uh, they, did, they took what we wanted. They had a strong personality and they gave us the voice and thumbs up and the and the quotes in game the (laughs) in-game quotes matched the voice matched the character he is a he is a complete package yeah yeah um i would cohesive i would like to see you know Ezreal moving forward i would love to see his relationship with his parents now that he's older and yeah i think that would be really interesting if they're still alive i would also like to know if they're still alive other than that like i'm not super interested in ezreal like having a massive part in like all of the world ending things that are happening (laughs) right now i don't know if he would care to have a part in them i like him having just enough of a part as he currently does where he's like stealing the artifact needed to revive Mordekaiser again <laughs> just because he thinks it's cool and it'll get him. Yeah. That, that's the type of role I want him to yeah. have, accidentally preventing the end of the world oh, through yeah. his own <laughs> greed and ambition. That's fun. Yeah. I like that. Agreed. All right. Well, that is Ezreal. Thank you so much for listening. We do have a Twitter that we talked about. It's at Loreheads. If you want to, you know, yell at us for getting something wrong or see a picture of John as frost-tipped Ezreal. (laughs) It's a really good picture. It's from like 2010 or something like that, or 11, maybe. Yeah, something 12. It's old. It's like before I met you, I think. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty fantastic and mega mine as real obviously look out for that as well <laughs> we also do posties on youtube if you happen to want to go there or talk to us in the comments that's league floor heads obviously john and i also do another podcast where we watch the highest rated movie and the lowest rated movie in a franchise and talk about them and that's called a series of unfortunate sequels um it's sillier than this we just have fun we're usually drinking <laughs> i'm talking about weird film franchises we just finished mortal Kombat. we did by the time this comes out we'll probably have long finished mortal Kombat, but that's okay <laughs> but yeah that was fun oh also i showed john while he was in the middle of talking but i looked up arcade ezreal because no not arcade uh star guardian ezreal because i forgot what he looked like in one of the first images somebody has photoshopped star guardian skirt and legs onto ezreal <laughs> nice yeah, check it that looks out. natural I don't know if it looks natural, but I do really like it. <laughs> you could have me. I thought official splash art. But that is kind of what I was thinking for Draven. Except Ezreal has like smooth, skinny legs. And I want Draven to have like his hairy, beefy legs with the Star Guardian skirt, you know? Yeah. Of course. But yeah. I may dress as Star Guardian Draven one year in LA. Wait. Oh my I mean, God. Is that where I got the idea from in my head and I just didn't realize it? Maybe. Oh man. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what I want. I and, only... yeah, and he's a fucking... Built, dude. Built, yeah, I mean, dude. Like, he looks like Draven. Yeah. Yeah. 
But anyway, I'm pretty excited uh, because next week we actually get to dive into some true horror. So join us next week when we're talking about the ancient fear, Fiddlesticks.